0: welcome sports fans to the matt mosley show on espn central texas the presenting sponsor of the matt mosley show is central national bank your leading independent bank with locations in waco temple and austin also sponsored by alan samuels dodge chrysler jeep ram ascension providence barnett contracting baylor line foundation myatt fuels texas sports hall of fame schmaltz's sandwich shop the baylor club and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley.
1: It is Matt Mosley, Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, off and running today, got a lot to react to. But right off the top, uh, we do have Baylor Royalty joining us. And uh, this gentleman was at one point the uh, Collegiate Player of the Year, the Rookie of the Year in Major League Baseball back in 2002. It is Jason Jennings joining the program. Uh, Jason, good to, good to have you on today.
2: Uh, I appreciate you having
1: me. It's a good way to start the show. Uh, and uh, and by the way, we've got baseball season. I think that first uh, series comes up uh, February 18th for, the, uh, for, for Baylor Baseball. Do you um, – this time of year, Jason, do you still kind of, is it in your blood? Do you start thinking about like spring training and all of that? I know you're in, still involved in baseball. Does it, does it start to come back to you?
2: It does. Um, actually, you know, my, my trigger always every year was um, kind of New Year's Day after, you know, after that happened, New that the New Year hits, it's kind of that, that switch always flipped on for me and I kind of ramped up training, got back on the mound and, you know, at that point, you're about six weeks, six weeks away from, from spring training at could be a little different this year, obviously, with uh, with what's going on. But, um, you know, it's college baseball is coming up, so that's always an exciting time for me. I enjoy that and keeping up with, with Baylor and, um, you know, just the Big 12 in general.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you didn't experience a pandemic during your,
2: uh, your baseball <laughs> career. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's been a crazy two years, to say the least.
1: Yeah, I would say so. It's impacted. You saw even with the College World Series and some of the craziness that was uh, happening with that. You know, I wanted to start off, though, Jason, uh, one of the big reasons we're having you is, you know, always love having you on, but uh wanted to bring up, you've just been awarded this Keeper of the Game Award. And, uh, man, that's a its a really, it's a huge honor. And this sort of goes back all the way to you were playing for the Rockies and you did some great things out in Colorado. But uh, uh, some of the things that this organization uh, recognizes, people that uh, – have have done folks and exceptional work in the special needs community and um and jason first of all congratulations on that uh this is i was looking at some of the winners of this over the years and these are some major major uh big names uh that that are that have been awarded for for all the work they've done um this is uh this is a pretty this is a pretty cool deal was this a uh where you was I, I would assume this is of all the honors you've had this has to rank up there near the top
2: oh definitely so and I, you know it's um it's something that you know i got started kind of with the rockies um they introduced me to the just the concept and we joined together and and built a miracle league field out in colorado and it was it was one of the coolest things i'd ever seen and just the concept of it with you know turf fields flat bases that are you know you can get any any kid out there, wheelchair, no wheelchair walker, I mean, whatever they need, um, it, that field is is accessible to them. And, um, you know, just that kind of piqued my interest, got me involved, and, you know, that was roughly, oh, gosh, 15, 17 years ago at this point, I think. So, um, and then just, uh, you know, buddies with James Valade and, you know, Keeper of the Game um, was founded. I guess it was about six, seven years ago, eight years ago now. And um, we got heavily involved with the food drive they were doing during the holiday season. And, you know, one thing led to another and it just, um, you know, I've always, I've always felt blessed to, to do what I was able to do. And I've never, ever taken that for granted, especially being away from the game. Now you really look back and you start to kind of reminisce and yeah, you miss it, but you you start to realize just how fortunate you were. And, um, you know, I, I played with a lot of guys that I know felt that same way and, as we get old, we start to kind of, you know, things get more, uh, more sentimental, more, uh, more special to you. And, you know, I have, a uh, my youngest son, he's on the autistic spectrum. And so it, for that reason, obviously became even more special to me. So, um, you know, it's any chance we get, we, we try to team up with the Keeper for the Game, whether it be the food drive or we had a, an awesome bowling event the other night, um, here in, in, Frisco area. So it's just, um, to see the smile on those kids' faces and those, those parents, you know, I, being a parent of a special needs kid. My son is high functioning, so I'm not near, um, you know, it's like some of those families are with the challenges they face and, you know, the struggles they face on a daily, um, on just a daily grind of life. And um, so to be able to see the smiles on their face and, you know, just sit down and chat with them and, and just have a great, whether it be one night or one event or whatever, it just, uh, it's, it, it's a special feeling.
1: Yeah, you, you made me think just then thinking about Joe Ingles with the Utah Jazz has a child on the spectrum, and he and his wife have done a lot. And uh, I mean, I think it really says a lot about you. You kind of had a heart for all of this even before it became, um, uh, you know, kind of personal. Uh, you know, in a, in a lot of ways. What, is, by the way, your youngest child, if if you don't mind me asking, what's is he
2: into, or is your child
1: into uh, baseball, softball, what uh, what what sports? Yeah.
2: His hand eye coordination is, it's honestly it's off the charts. He's just, um, he, <laughs> the team sports these days are, you know, they're, as you know, pretty high energy. A lot of, a lot of screaming parents, a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, just energy in general. So he's more of the, more of the golf, more of the bowling, which is fine by me because it's super low key. We can go at our own pace. So we go out and we golf. Um, he loves the bowl. So that's kind of more his, uh, that's kind of more his lane right there is, you know, the individual sports and um, just the team sports. We tried it. I coached the little 7U team with him, and, you know, he could smack the ball, but, you know, it was uh, the younger they are, it seems like the crazier those games get. So it's uh, it a little too much for him to handle.
1: Yeah, and if he has great hand-eye coordination, Jason, I can't imagine where he got that, you know. (laughs) I think from his mom, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's his mom, okay. We'll give her credit. Uh, Jason Jennings joining us, the Baylor great, uh, also Rockies, Rangers. Speaking of the Rangers, wasn't that weird to see them, like, go out and spend, what, a half a billion dollars? I mean, you know, you you had a great run with the Rockies, and then I'm trying to remember you kind of came – you ended up uh, with the Rangers during a yeah. little bit of a lean period. And then, and then now they've decided, Oh, I guess we're going to go out here and spend a huge amount of money. Is that, is that kind of interesting yeah, I to, mean, to see? You
2: know, I think we, I think locally up here, we all kind of felt that was coming with a new stadium and, you know, they've kind of been building, uh, you know, building up the minor leagues and, you know, trading some big names, some big money guys off. But, um, you know, it's, they got a nice park, and they're it's it's about time for them to you know try to make a splash with some big name guys, and um, hopefully these guys work out, and hopefully they you know give us some good baseball to watch up here in the DFW area.
1: All right, so I I I, had, I watched Otani, and uh, and you know I was thinking about talking to you today. You were Baylor's Otani before there was ever an Otani, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> you, did, did when you watch that? I mean, obviously he's amazing. Is there any part of you that goes, "Well, what if I had a, uh, what if I had a continued to"? I mean, because obviously you had to focus on your pitching, uh, but being in the National League, you got to hit too. You just couldn't focus on it as much. Um, does it amaze you, and does it make you kind of think back to how much you loved uh, hitting, especially when you were in college?
2: Yeah, it does. I, you know, I was. Um it, not upset to go to the American league because I was coming back home. I got to play for the Rangers, but you know, I knew my ABs were, were pretty much done for. Um, and I was always just something I love to do. And, um, you know, it's crazy. I, I think back, my dad still swears to this day that I was a better catcher than I was a pitcher. So it's my, what ifs are like, man, what if I would have been a, a catcher? Like, what if I have come up a catcher, what would have happened? And I probably would have had 17 knee surgeries by now instead of, you know, two <laughs> arm surgeries, but, um, <laughs> But you know, I, Baylor, when I got to Baylor they're like, you know what, let's just pitch in DH and they were paying for school and I was excited. I was like, you know, let's do it. We had a, a freshman catcher at the time, Brian Loeb from Houston. He was awesome. He caught me pr- basically every game. So um it was a, a great battery with, you know, he and I.
1: Yeah. We all had y'all had quite a run and then you got named uh the the uh, oh the Dick Hauser Award. You're the player of the year in college baseball. Those teams, you coming out of Mesquite Petite, being a Metroplex guy, do you um, take us back to like recruiting? You know, you, that's even changed now, Jason. You know, tons of people in the portal going from teams to teams, all that kind of stuff. What were you uh, back in the day? What were you? What? What? Who was up against Baylor uh, when you were deciding where you were going to go?
2: Well, I mean, yeah, you're right. It's it's crazy these days, and I'm in it. You know, I I work with a lot of high school kids around here, and you know they they're doing the whole recruiting thing and I'm trying to give advice and I'm having to almost kind of reteach myself because things have changed so much. Um, and it, you know, I, it, back in, it was 1996, I guess my last year in high school and you know, I got recruited by, you know, Okie state and Oklahoma, Houston, rice, blah, 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 every, all the surrounding States pretty much, um, except for UT of course, cause they were too good. Um, but you know, I, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You see me slide that in there. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> they, uh, you know, Baylor. I went to A and M one weekend, and I was impressed. I liked A and M. The facilities were great, but the offer was was a decent offer. But they said, you know, it might go down next year depending on who we bring in. And you know, growing up, we didn't have a lot of money. I, I, that's just not something I thought I could really risk. So the next weekend, I took my trip to Baylor, and Smitty called me in the office, and he said, "Here's your offer." And it was a really good offer. And he said, as long as you pass, it'll never go down. And I knew that wasn't an issue. I was always, you know, really, uh, you know, uh, hard on myself with grades and, you know, never wanted to get, you know, below an A or B. So I was like, you know, basically at that second, I was like, where's the pen? You know, let's do this. And um, I knew I'd get a chance to play as well. Baylor at the time, we still had, you know, metal bleachers, a chain link fence. It was kind of right before, you know, the stadium kind of, took shape and we joined the big 12 or right as we would be joined the big 12 yeah. And you know i think smitty and hoot and jonathan they i mean uh thompson and I mean, the coaching staff there they just they hit on so many guys that were kind of more blue collar you know your your john tapasties your eric nelson's your you know kip wells wasn't necessarily blue collar but he was a he was a stud and jimmy blair jeremy dotson it's just the, the guys there we just meshed and it was uh you know all the locker rooms I've been in throughout all my pro you know pro years and all that. Just none of those locker rooms compared to the ones that that I, we had at Baylor, and it just uh, it really showed. And I think it you know you saw that product of our our friendship and our team you know team camaraderie. You saw that on the field.
1: Yeah, it was uh, that that one year. It was right as you were getting ready to graduate. Probably they were, they were opening up the new ballpark, and we were sitting up there during the tournament, and they didn't even have. You know, we were up there, kind of in a what was supposed to be the makeshift press 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 box, and it hadn't been finished, and so like you didn't have any protection for the foul balls and stuff up yeah. there.
2: <laughs> yeah, is that was that when we hosted the regional? That one year? Yeah, or?
1: yeah, that was yeah. Um, Illinois came in, I think, and um, was it Minnesota, Illinois I or Minnesota? Think. It was we're Minnesota. Gonna, yeah. Oh yeah, because uh, their,
2: their coach was hot. He was not happy. <laughs> Granted, we beat them yeah. twice, and I think we run rolled them once. So it, that probably was half of it. But he was not happy yeah. about the concrete bleachers, and but you know, it is what it is.
1: Uh, yeah,
2: exactly. Well, he, they they <laughs> you know they, they they like
1: to anybody from the cold. It's like, well, these people in the South they get to play year-round, and they just automatically yeah. feel like they're <laughs> you know they're they're coming from behind when yeah. it comes up like that. Did, did at Baylor? Did they? Did it immediately. It was it like okay you get to hit and pitch because you're too good a hitter not to. Did you ever have to kind of like early on? What what was uh, what was your com- uh, conversation with Schmitty
2: about all that? Because uh, no, obviously, yeah. My, yeah, you were able to yeah. do it all. My freshman year, I um I was closing, so I was a full you know full time closer, but um I really only DH'd against right handed pitching. Um and okay. you know it's it's like. Every level you go to, you're from high school to college, college to pros. And then obviously in the pros, honestly, from A-ball to double A AA to triple A to big leagues, there's always that question in your mind, like, am I good enough for this level? And so, you know, when I got to college, it was – I kind of had to prove myself that I could hit at that level. Um, they saw me hit in high school, but, you know, high school is – high schools high school. College, every player on your college team is typically the best player on your high school team. So um, it just – it was – a step up for me and I had to prove myself and then come sophomore year I was you know full-time DH they trusted me against lefties and um it was kind of off and running from there
1: yeah it's funny you brought up catching talking to Jason Jennings uh, Baylor star I bet you could get it down there in, in a hurry and then uh, obviously you could play you know they had you play uh I'm sure all all around in uh high school what um was was first base what you or did you like being over there at the the hot
2: corner what did you uh
1: what did you, what did you really enjoy most
2: <laughs> so in high school I either pitched or caught every single game and as most people probably know <laughs> high school you get a courtesy runner so we would literally <laughs> recruit a wide receiver from the football team just to come and courtesy <laughs> run for me so I, the only time I hit second base or third base was when I would, you know basically hit a home run because I as soon as I got on base I was off the pat, base pass which was great for everybody. nobody needed to see me run um so but it <laughs> I think I think Smitty put me at first base against K State one game and you know I, I humbled myself here it was it was horrendous. it was so bad they took my first base <laughs> mitt away and that was it. so um if you go back in the you know the record book it's my fielding percentage is probably not great. Um, so they were just like, you know, what? let's just, uh, just pitch when we tell you to pitch and you just yeah. DH and let's just leave it be. <laughs> Have you, uh,
1: what do you think of the, the way the program's headed now? They got some very exciting lineup this year. In fact, uh, Jared McKenzie, I've got some of these young guys you've actually, you know, gotten to either work with or see you've seen up close at, at some of these gatherings and everything. Um, I think they were ranked fifth preseason but what have what have been your impressions of uh, of uh, Coach Rodriguez, who uh, obviously has a, a great background uh, coming from the West Coast?
2: Yeah, you know, I think the most um, impressive thing that I've seen just with Coach Rod and his staff and the team is just the energy. I mean, they play with a lot of a lot of energy, a lot of you know, bouncing around, and just it seems like good team camaraderie. From you know, from an outsider looking in, it's just um, it seems like they have the makings to. You know, to compete in the Big 12, and as you guys all know, it, the Big 12, I mean, it's it's a gauntlet. Every single week, it seems like you know you can be easily be beat two out of three, if not get swept. So it's there's no weekends you get off. So you gotta you gotta come to play every series. And um, you know, but I think you know it for on paper and just seeing what I've seen with with that staff and who they bring in. It's just they're gonna be there. They're gonna be there in the mix, and it's just a matter of kind of who gets hot at the right time, who gets hot at the end. And um, you know, as you've seen with the NFL playoffs, all you need is a seat at the table. At the end of the you know end of the regular season, you just need a you need a place at the table, and whoever gets hot, you know, anybody's got a chance.
1: All right. Um. So tell us a little bit about your uh, facility, because I'm interested. Uh, past time, I, I believe, is yeah. what you call it up there in the uh, <coughs> in the far north Dallas. We like to call it Frisco. Uh, what uh, what what's going on with that and like what all do you have out there what all kind of features do you have for for young
2: folks yeah so we um you know when i was full time kind of i was done done i knew i had retired and um so we opened this up just to you know i had an offer to coach kind of go back into the minor league system with the rockies and be a pitching coach but i just you know i didn't want to do that i had already missed too much of my kids activities and i just wanted to be at home and But obviously, you know, baseball is special to me. I wanted to stay in the game. So this was a way to kind of, you know, stay at home and and still give back to the game and be a part of it. So, anyway, we just started off small. I was doing mainly just a bunch of pitching lessons, and we had a couple little select teams. Um, We've since, you know, that was uh, 2010, I guess, when that first kind of started up. And um, we've grown, obviously, since then. And we're now with a home of the Dallas Tigers North region. So we... We house all the Dallas Tigers North teams. They train at our facility. We still do, you know, um, pitching, you know, pitching, hitting, uh, softball lessons. So just a little bit everything. We got about 17 teams now that we house under our, you know, umbrella for spring, summer, fall, and um, so you know, it's um, it's fun. You know, it's you see, I guess my oldest group. Was my son's group. So I started when I was nine, when he was nine U, and he's now a sophomore in college. So I've gotten to see some of these kids, you know, from nine U all the way up. And there's, you know, probably a dozen of them playing college ball now, uh, kind of spread out around the country. So it's just, it's fun to kind of be a part of those kids' lives and, you know, kind of see everything come full circle from, from where I started with my Baylor days.
1: Did they protect you in high school? I, you know, the, the famous story or the sad story is always, you know, Kerry Wood that that he threw, like 200 pitches or whatever it was one weekend. Or I mean, I don't know. It was the did, were they were they really good? Were there already kind of rules in place, or did they? Uh, uh, was your arm okay by the time you got to Baylor?
2: Yeah, the I think the fortunate thing for me is growing up. Um, Honestly, I was a full-time catcher. I really didn't. I kind of pitched. I say pitched. I threw. I threw really hard. I didn't learn how to pitch until probably late high school until, you know, maybe even truly when I got to Baylor, I kind of figured out and started learning how to actually pitch. Um, So there was a lot of – kind of a lot of bullets saved that I didn't really use growing up, like some of these kids nowadays are, you know, obviously throwing way too much. Having Tommy John at 14, 15, it's just – it's a little out of control um so that was that really wasn't me because i was i was a catcher and i just really didn't see myself as a pitcher um until i was kind of forced to my senior year in high school when i our ace had already graduated and um i was kind of the guy and things just kind of took off from there and um you know baylor saw me and saw me as a two-way player they saw me catch a lot um mitch and and Mm -hmm. who smitty they saw me catch a lot at school i mean at, at poteet and then in summer ball but um you know, just playing five games a week in college, and they just thought it'd be best to to pitch and DH, and I was fine with that, and, and obviously it, it turned out great.
1: Well, Shopick got to have your catching career, all right? Can you just look yeah, at it like that? Absolutely, hey, and he was a good one. <laughs> yeah, he and he he hung around for a long time. Well, it's um uh, it's fun to get to visit with you, and uh, it, this is a uh, quite a prestigious award. And you've been doing this for a long, long time, giving back. I just feel like it's really kind of cool that two guys from the Dallas area, you know, Clayton Kershaw, has given back a lot in the Dallas area. And and you've done a a lot yourself, like when you were in Colorado. And I I just think that's interesting that you guys had such a heart for all that and have given so much back to your respective communities. So, anyway, we – uh, admire it and appreciate it and uh congratulations on the uh on on the big award and, and look forward to seeing you soon maybe at a uh at a baylor baseball game
2: no doubt i'm definitely gonna try to make it down this spring so um, i appreciate you having me on and um you know anytime i love to chat with you guys
3: yeah
1: yeah it was fun there he goes uh jason jennings the uh, winner of the 2021 keeper of the game award and uh, goes to people who've done exceptional work with uh with folks with special needs, and uh, Jason talked about his son and and uh, kind of knowing, uh, having such a, a heart for that area, and so just a great uh, great way to begin the show today. Man, talking to the, to the great Jason Jennings. All right, it is time. we got to talk about um, uh, what happened uh, to these uh, the Bears on Saturday up in Lawrence. Let's rip off the Band-Aid. We'll visit. That's next. <laughs>
4: This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LePoint. We've got a warm stretch of weather heading our way. Starting with mostly clear skies tonight and lows dropping to 30 degrees. Mostly sunny. Warmer tomorrow, 67. And then a weak front moves through on Thursday. No rain. Hardly any clouds either. It'll be mostly sunny and 66. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather
5: recently on Game Time. We are joined by Josh Neighbors from the podcast Locked on Big 12.
6: I think Chris Beard is right when he says this is life, this is what happens, things change. I think the fans are right to be mad at him because there's arguments that Texas Tech is a better basketball situation than Texas is. I think everybody here has a claim that they're right about and I thought it made for an awesome atmosphere.
5: Game Time, weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas.
7: ProStar Rental is the number one choice for all your equipment rental needs. No matter the project, we've got you covered. Plus, our friendly local staff is always available to answer your questions. We have a large selection of quality equipment available to rent for any project, big or small. And we have eight locations across Texas to serve you. Visit us online at ProStarRental.com for more information. ProStar Rental, we make work easier.
5: Game time. Weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas.
3: How are you feeling today? More than an empty question. It's a real reminder to reach out to coworkers, friends, family, and neighbors. Remind them to get the care they need. Someone you know may be delaying important emergency care, chronic care, or emotional care. At Ascension Providence, appointments are available now with strict precautions in place for your safety and our care. Ask about virtual visits. The ER at Ascension Providence Hospital is open 24-7. Get the care you need at GetProvidenceCare.com.
9: Central
10: Texas horse enthusiasts find a large selection of saddles at Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond. They feature new and used saddles from names like Billy Cook and Cactus. Plus, they have a large selection of children's saddles. Trade-ins are welcome and financing is available. Apply today by texting 16118222462. You'll enjoy one on one customer service at the world's best Western store, Appaloosa Trading Post in Rodeo Pond, 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco, and on Facebook.
9: ESPN Radio Sports
10: Center. I'm Ward White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update, brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. The Dolphins have agreed to a deal with San Francisco 49ers offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel to make him the next head coach. That means Kellen Moore is likely to stay in Dallas. New Orleans Saints running back Alvin Kamara was arrested on a battery charge on Sunday in Las Vegas after being accused of injuring someone at a nightclub on the eve of the Pro Bowl, according to Las Vegas police. Temple junior linebacker Torian York has committed to Baylor. Beta women get the sweep over Texas, beating the Horns 63-55 in Austin yesterday. The Bears will have three games in a row at the Ferrell Center starting Wednesday night with Kansas State. UMHB men's and women's basketball both get a win over UT Dallas yesterday and have a quick turnaround with both back in action today at Laterno University. Women tip at four, followed by the crew at six. Sports Center, every 20
5: minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas.
11: by kansas on their home floor kansas wins over baylor big 83 59
1: the final score that was i kind of like what ward white said kind of wish i could focus just on that uh, clean sweep of texas friday and sunday the rare two in three days love that and uh, loved watching it just a tremendous performance by the uh, by the Baylor women, and when it was uh, when it was winning time, about four minutes left, 50 to 50, Bears put the hammer down on them. Said, hey, Melissa, can you go get us a few? You mind going to get us a few? I thought that was smart, you know, get the ball in her hands. Let her, and, and I thought it was a great outlet pass on, uh, on Queen Egbo. Uh, Queen, you know, is going to seemingly always have foul trouble, unfortunately, but uh, hung in there, fought hard, didn't have a lot of – Scoring, but uh, certainly rebounded well. So I, I uh, that was uh, those were good times. In about five twenty today, we're gonna uh, we're gonna check in and hear a little bit from uh, Coach Collin, Nikki Collin, and uh, she will weigh in and we'll kind of hear some of her post game for you. Let you listen to that because that was a big time. That was a big moment for the Bears. So uh, yeah, it was uh, that was a great win. Now. I you know the I I I don't know what to do with this Kansas one because I want to just flush it. I know you can't do that. You got to look at it. I thought it was interesting that the Bears. I I thought the uh, the Baylor only falling from eight to ten. Aaron, I don't know if you agree with this. I I I was a little surprised. I thought maybe the lopsided nature of that. I thought for the most part that was kind of respect for the. Uh, for the Baylor program, Scott Drew and everything, uh, and the fact they have been number one for so long this season, you know, voters don't like to look bad. <laughs> Sometimes they'll kind of ease people on out of the top ten, but i I would not have been that surprised if they just said, "Ooh, we got to get them." Uh, you know, they drop UCLA big time. Mm. Gee, I forget what UCLA they went they <laughs> went from this to that. I mean, it was quite a it was quite a drop, and the Bears go from. Eight to ten, and in, in fact, they just kind of flip flop with Kansas, and then the Red Raiders kind of kind of uh, worm their way in there. And so Texas Tech is number nine now. Kansas eight, Texas Tech nine, Baylor ten. I, I don't. I mean, Aaron, I don't. You know, I, I just got to say, I don't. Uh, I was a little surprised. I thought they could have dropped Baylor more than they did.
12: Uh, yeah, I was really surprised. I, I thought they would probably. And I didn't think that it would be nine spots like UCLA, but I thought that they would drop out of the top ten. UCLA dropped from third all the way down to 12th uh, after two losses last week. So, yeah, they they knocked them down quite a bit. And I think you're right. I think it goes to the overall respect of the better basketball program that the voters have.
1: Now, we'll talk about this a little more as the day unfolds, but it was um – Kinjo had an awful game you know how much is he still banged up from the tailbone? I don't know as someone who's had a, a tailbone injury I could say it hurts ext- you know but I'm not I don't I didn't play at a at a d1 level uh, I think I did it try to get on a ski lift okay little different little different. He's trying to jump and play uh, at an extremely high level and it's just not happening for him right now. I, I thought he was going to be okay. I mean, I, he look like he's moving okay to me, missing everything, missing a ton of shots. I, you know, after a game like that, you've got to – part of what the coaching staff has to do is kind of help put him back together and remind him, dude, you're, you're one of the better point guards in the country. I mean, it, this is – you know, you can come back from this. But it is – those things can leave a mark when you have a game like that. You know, Flagler has been injured. He came back. They didn't have L.J. Cryer. Uh, they couldn't get anything. Meyer couldn't get anything going. He tried. Thought they showed a little more fight at times in the second half, maybe the last four minutes of the first half. But that you talk about shell-shocked. You, you look up, and suddenly it's like 34-17. I mean, I, it's been a long time since the Bears just, like, didn't didn't get off the bus. I mean that that was, I, I, um, you know, that Kendall Brown goes in there, makes the first shot of the game. Looks, I'm thinking, man, he looks he looks ready to go. He looks excited. They missed a ton of balls that just rolled right off, all that kind of stuff. But again, this is one time that you can't blame the officiating. So a lot of times you can and can. A lot of times, Fog Allen, the officials show up. They're impacted. And and was there a horrible call on that Meyer play? Yeah. But the game was already out of control. At that point, Scott was either trying to get himself kicked out or send a message or all of it. I mean, he was angry. And what Scott did in that moment uh, is represent sort of all Baylor fans. I mean, I, they, they wanted Scott to come unglued, and he did. Now, it was a weird – Meyer goes in there. They obviously hit him on the arm, hit him on the hand. It was a foul. And they call him somehow for an offensive foul. It was a horrible call. Now, they weren't at that point, though, because of poor officiating. They didn't show up at Fog Allen. I don't know why. I don't know why they couldn't match the intensity. I don't know why they couldn't buy a shot. They tried to start going down low. They did everything they could. I think at halftime they came out and they tried to set the tone. There was a hard foul taken. I think that was Flo at some point. I'm like, way to go, Flo. I mean, I'm not like, let's hurt somebody but let them feel it let mccormick end up near the stanchion near the you know let him end up out of bounds uh, the the intensity the standard which Baylor plays to was not met it just simply wasn't and and i think scott and i think the players would be the first to tell you that now they got to turn around and they got to go to k-, k state and k state is suddenly a little bit hot all right i know usually Lately, especially, they dominate Weber. They dominate him. Now, I think they can go there and get a win, but K-State has been kind of hot. They they were playing well. They got killed by Baylor, and then they, all of a sudden they won two games in a row. They beat a pretty good TCU game, team in Fort Worth. So I, uh, this is no gimme. This is no gimme. But what happened the other day was really disappointing, and kind of like what uh, – Friend said, uh, "It's at a. It's kind of. Uh, you know, this could end up being an okay thing, and they grow from it. Now, it can sometimes it can bury you. Sometimes you can go into a tailspin. I'm hoping the culture of the staff and this team can kind of get them back. Obviously, it would be great to have, um, to to have L. J. Cryer back. In fact, uh, Aaron, I've just booked." our, our uh, the official doctor of the show, uh, Dr. Lance Ellis uh, from Ascension Providence. And he's going to help us out a little bit. He's not the doctor for LJ Cryer, but just help us a little bit with this type of injury and, um, and, you know, how long maybe it could be, what goes on post, you know, when you've had some issues, if you had surgery, all those things, uh, to kind of help us through that. And, again, he is not his doctor, okay? We're not going to. We can't throw anybody from uh, Baylor Medical on. But we do have somebody that does these kinds of surgeries and knows sports medicine that might be able to help us a little bit. So I I'm, I'm, uh, always love talking to Lance to get his insight on these things. Aaron, you're working this game uh, from a radio standpoint. You're also watching it, listening to it. And I think like a lot of Baylor fans, you, you just were kind of like amazed that it never got better. Like I honestly kind of thought, with when it was 39-21 or 37-21, what was it? 39-21 at halftime, that they would come out and fight at least, and it just got worse. I mean, I think their first 20 shots, of, they were like five for 20 out of the shoot in the second half. They couldn't, they couldn't shoot. Now with some of that KU, you bet, you bet. But the truth is, Kansas had not been playing that great a defense. They, I mean, Tech went in there and hung a like 89 or 90 points on them um, a week or so ago. They, K- Kentucky went in there and blew them out of their own gym a week ago. And the Bears go in there, and you know, sometimes a perfect storm happens. I'm just saying, a lot of times some of the fans, some of the Baylor fandom, and I try never to be like this, we will get into this, oh, the officials, the deal. And even – uh, you know, Fran Frischilla started talking about it in the second half and what what it can be like in Kansas. That that was not the game to talk about that stuff. Okay, that's the game that they came out and they got the rears handed to them. Now they all know it. The coaches are digging in. They're going to be back. They're going to get they're going to get this thing right. But uh, uh, Aaron, that was uh, you watching that one. I, I and you're a you're as big a Baylor backer as I am. Uh I mean that that's that's tough to watch. Now I would say the women's back-to-back beating Texas was like that kind of was almost uh, healing the wound a little bit. All right, yesterday's game very exciting, loved it. All right, loved everything about it. But uh I I that's uh, I I just uh that 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 performance by the Baylor men is just not it's like post-COVID, yeah, post-COVID issues, whatever, you bet, you bet. But they, they took a good, talented group up there, and 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 they were deer in headlights. Is that being too hard on them, Aaron, or does that about describe it to you?
12: No. Um, it was, you know, you mentioned it, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. You know, Baylor gets the first bucket and goes up 2-0, and next thing you know you look up and it's 12-2, and that was it. Baylor never made a run the entire game. The lead just kept getting progressively bigger and bigger until it bloomed up to 30. And then it went back and forth a little bit. But obviously at that time, the uh, game had been decided.
1: Man, I tell you, that that, that, that they, you talk about a team that's going to be ready to see somebody again, wants well, another mm-hmm. chance. But first, you've got to take care of business. I mean, there's a big one coming up. In fact, I think uh, – Aaron, what did we give tickets away till recently? I guess that was the Texas game, wasn't it? Um, I think that's the that's the uh, the game coming up, of course, on a Saturday. But I mean, that Kansas, woo, when Kansas comes in, uh, that's going to be that's going to be interesting because what happens is there's a pride factor that needs to kick in and take over, and it didn't show up in time the other day. Now they got tough, and they were ready to get chippy and all that, and the coach came to fight. I, I was appreciative of Scott finally having enough. I thought it was like Scott was going to be like Hoosiers, like, hey, you're supposed to kick me out here. But that I got to say the official, is that Kip, whoever that bald-headed official is, Kip uh, Kissinger, whatever that guy's name is, I, I, thought he, I actually thought that guy handled himself pretty well. I mean, it was a bad call, but he just let Scott have his peace. He did not come back at him and he, he just let Scott get it all out of his system. I, I thought the official actually did a pretty nice job in that instance. I've seen – what's his name? John uh, – uh, oh, who's the who's the famous one? I can't believe I'm forgetting it. Um, anyway, the, the guy John, the blonde that loves being on the cameras, Scott would have been gone in a heartbeat because that man loves being a center of attention. This official actually handled it pretty well. All right, it is uh, – The Matt Mosley Show, Aaron Sexton alongside. It is time for Campus Confidential. That's next.
6: Baylor Bear Basketball with Pat Nunley and the voice of the Bears, John
11: Morris. The Bears back on the road this Wednesday headed to Manhattan to take on Kansas State. 6.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 7 p.m. tip-off Wednesday.
6: Baylor men's basketball all season long here on the home of the defending Big 12 and national champions, ESPN Central Texas. The decisions made
13: in our courtrooms have a lasting impact on all of us here in McLennan County. That's why the conservative leaders and organizations we trust are united in their support of Judge Ryan Luna. Judge Luna is endorsed by Texas Right to Life, Citizens for Pro-Life Action, Gun Owners of America, the Sheriff's Law Enforcement Association of McLennan County, several of the most conservative members of the Texas legislature, and hundreds of grassroots conservative Republicans across the county. They, like you, know that the integrity of our courts depends on electing judges who will strictly interpret the law, hand down tough sentences, and never legislate from the bench. In the March 1st Republican primary, vote for a constitutional conservative for county court at law number three. Vote for Judge Ryan Luna. Early voting ends February 25th. To learn more, visit RyanLunaTX.com. Political ad paid for by the Judge Ryan Luna campaign in compliance with the voluntary limits of the Judicial Campaign Fairness Act.
5: Matt Mosley, weekdays at 4 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas.
3: How are you feeling today? More than an empty question, it's a real reminder to reach out to coworkers, friends, family, and neighbors. Remind them to get the care they need. Someone you know may be delaying important emergency care, chronic care, or emotional care. At Ascension Providence, appointments are available now with strict precautions in place for your safety in our care. Ask about virtual visits. The ER at Ascension Providence Hospital is open 24-7. Get the care you need at GetProvidenceCare.com.
9: At ASCO, we don't spend time getting ready. We are ready. That's what it means when we say we're on it. We're on it with dedicated service and support, rentals, sales, and delivery. We're on it with case construction equipment, equipment that's powerful, efficient, and dependable case equipment that can dominate a job site, endure the elements, and be up and running whenever you're ready to finish the job. At ASCO, we're on it, whatever it is.
5: ESPN Radio
10: Sports Center. I'm Ward Weitz with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. The Dolphins have agreed to a deal with San Francisco 49ers offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel to make him the next head coach. That means Kellen Moore is likely to stay in Dallas. New Orleans Saints running back Alvin Kamara was arrested on a battery charge on Sunday in Las Vegas after being accused of injuring someone at a nightclub on the eve of the Pro Bowl according to Las Vegas Police. Temple Junior linebacker Torian York has committed to Baylor. Beta women get the sweep over Texas, beating the Horns 63-55 in Austin yesterday. The Bears will have three games in a row at the Ferrell Center starting Wednesday night with Kansas State. UMHB men's and women's basketball both get a win over UT Dallas yesterday and have a quick turnaround with both back in action today at Laterno University. Women tip at four, followed by the crew at six. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central
5: Texas. It's time for Campus Confidential, our daily look at college football news. Here's your host, Matt Mosley.
1: On is Matt Mosley. Man, so much fun to have uh, right at the beginning of the show. I'm sorry I couldn't give you guys more warning. I usually like to promote these things throughout the show, but uh, yeah, we got, uh, we got Jason Jennings. I realized, <laughs> Aaron, as only I could the other day, you know, I, I like to have people at maybe 420 or 5 o'clock Don told me I got word back from one of his reps, yeah, he could do it at 4 o'clock. And I'm like, wait, 4 o'clock? <laughs> and, of course, I had put 4 instead of 4.20. So he probably would have moved. But what the heck? Why not open the show with uh, the great Jason Jennings and some of the wonderful work he's done with special needs kids and uh, including uh, his own child on the uh, autism spectrum. Really, really cool stuff uh, with Jason. All right, um, Aaron, it is time for Campus Confidential. A lot of stuff out there, a lot of of different things. You could go Auburn. You could go a lot of different directions. I'm very curious to see where Mr. Sexton will start. Go ahead, sir.
12: Baylor football picked up their 10th commitment for the 2023 class over the weekend. It is Temple linebacker Torian York. Now listen to these stats for him in high school, Matt. 140 Last year, 141 tackles, 17 tackles for loss, 4.5 sacks, 4 forced fumbles, 5 fumbles recovered, and a touchdown. For his varsity career at Temple, he has over 300 tackles and 30 tackles for loss through three seasons. So, a guy that's made a ton of plays, Torian York, the linebacker out of Temple, committed to Baylor for 2023.
1: Yeah, I, I knew... When I heard Ward kind of getting that in there, because Ward's got great uh, connections to that Temple program, as well as uh, UMHB, and uh, wow, that right there is a good pickup. And uh, you know they've had some success with Temple players, even uh, even recently. Let's see, Franklin. Where's my man Gabe Hall from? Anyway, they, they they've had some really good linemen. Uh, and, and so I uh, I endorse. I endorse this addition. Uh, and uh, that class, from all our rivals uh, kind of people and uh, 24-7, Aaron, we're uh, we're starting to hear uh, whispers that that class is, you know, up there around like 13th and 14th in the country. Now, Aaron, what I like to do is whoever has Baylor rated higher, that's the one I take.
12: That's the one we use, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> that really is. That's what I like. That's what <laughs> I usually go by.
1: If we're not in the top 25, what I say is they have a uh, lack of credibility, okay? They don't have good scouts, and they really don't know what they're doing. But these guys that have us in the top 15, whatever it is, well, I hope it's rivals because that's our uh, that's who we use a lot. Um, although that one guy we use for 24-7, I noticed he had a big breaking news story today. Uh, Hummer. Hummer. I got to look that up. But earlier today, like in the past 24 hours, I noticed Chris Hummer, who's on with us sometimes, Aaron, Had some kind of big breaking news type deal. I thought, man, Aaron's going to like that. And then, of course, I didn't send it to you. All right, Aaron, what else do we have uh, in Campus Confidential?
12: The new AP Top 25 poll is out. You mentioned it a little bit in the last segment, but uh, Baylor is 10 in the new poll. Auburn is still number one with 48 out of the 61 first-place votes. uh, 61 first-place votes. Uh, Gonzaga, number two, received 13 of them. Houston is six, Kansas eight, Texas tech nine, Baylor 10 that, and, uh, Texas is 20 as, uh, Texas and Kansas get ready for their big Monday matchup tonight. But you, we've kind of talked about it in the last segment, but Baylor only moved down a couple of spots after the bad loss to, uh, Kansas over the weekend shows a lot of respect nationwide for the program.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that assessment. And, um, and, and so uh, I, I just thought, oh, man, they're going to they're gonna really stick it to the Bears after that performance. But, um, you know, that's the thing. If you've been at number one, there had to be some reason they were at number one for several weeks. I mean, they gotta, I, so they have to recapture whatever. You know, Villanova's a pretty good team. They're not great this year, but they're okay. And the Bears put them in a the headlock. I swear they had like 35 points in that game. Or 38. I mean, it was crazy. They couldn't. Did you go to that game, Aaron? Was that the, one of the games you went to? Yes. I'm trying to remember yes. that. It yeah. was the I mean, best defensive
12: yeah. performance I've seen up, you know, a, a, in person at a college yeah. basketball game. It yeah. was just incredible.
1: So they gotta they got to do something and get some buy-in and tap into that. Now, you can have a day where just everything's going wrong, but um, these Bears have been known – even in games where things aren't going right, to dig in and get going. This is a team that has gotten some leads this year, let them slip away. The other day, they fall, they fell far behind, uh, and and couldn't couldn't dig back in. Just could not get back in it. I've seen teams a few years ago. David Kay would remember who it was. I think it was against Louisville, um, and in like one of those tournaments, and they got way down. It may have been when Patino was still there. They got down by like twenty, twenty-five. was like halftime. This game's over. And the Bears came back and won that game. It can be done. The other day, it just wasn't happening. It, it just, whatever reason, they could not flip the switch and they couldn't climb in there, even though the coach tried to ignite them with a technical, which he needed to do. I mean, that was, uh, that's about as timely a technical and as needed a technical as you will see in college basketball. All right, Aaron, what else do we have today?
12: On the women's side, South Carolina remains unanimous number one, receiving all thirty-first place votes. Baylor back in the top ten at number ten. Iowa State's nine, Oklahoma twelve, and Texas is sixteen. That coming off Baylor's two victories over Texas over the weekend, so the Lady Bears back in the top ten.
1: All right, I. Uh, now wait, I. The Lady Bears were number. They were already in the top ten, right? The, the Baylor women were already in the top ten because what was weird to me is that they fell one position. Aaron, like I think they fell from number nine to number ten. Um, I'll have to look to make sure of that. Sorry to refute you. You may No, be, no, you, you may be
12: right. I thought they were okay. 11 last week.
1: No, they had moved up to nine. They lose to Oklahoma, but then they got those back-to-back wins over number 13, and I thought as a number nine team with – Two wins over Texas in three days—that they would at least just stay there—and they actually dropped them from ninth to tenth. Um, the only reason I know this is because I was tweeting about it earlier, Aaron. So, oh no, yeah, the, you're right.
12: Now looking at it, I had I don't, it backwards. I don't mean yeah. to be the
1: overcorrector, but oh, uh, in this instance, I do think the Bears. Yeah, so I—I uh, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Now somebody made the point, which is fair. That Oklahoma's behind them, and Oklahoma has beat them twice, beaten them twice. So, um, you know, I guess you could, you could kind of see that point if they're going to rank OU behind them, even though OU swept them. But it's about the totality of the season, and uh, I feel like a loss to a ranked OU team followed by back-to-back wins over th- number 13 should keep you right there. You really shouldn't fall. But, again, they fell one. We won't make this the end of the world. And I look to see where Texas fell to after getting swept. And I think they fell, Aaron, you may have it in front of you, I think they fell from 13 to 17. 16. Uh, 16. Yes. See, that's not that much. They got swept. They got back-to-back losses in Waco and then at home. And they fall from 13 to 16. I don't I don't know. I mean, that may be. People love Vic Schaefer and his penny loafers. Man loves a good pair of loafers, and um, I like. You know, I don't. I do not mind somebody that'll still put the co- the uh, tie on. You know, the coaches. We've now moved into a a pullover and tennis shoe crowd in coaching. You kind of got to admire someone that um, put put the tie the dress the uh, dress shirt on because I that I think that has gone. I think most people have, even Jay Wright. You know when Jay Wright stops, wears Armani suits, something weird has taken place. All right, Aaron, uh, what else do you have for us in today's campus confidential?
12: Uh, you mentioned, Chris, from 247 Sports breaking a story. That story is that there's a good possibility the former Duke head coach, David Cutcliffe, will join the University of Texas uh-huh. football staff. 67-year-old Cutcliffe retired from Duke. November 28th, following a 14-year run as the program's head coach, he's best known for his quarterback development. Um, That list includes Peyton and Eli Manning. He was their offensive coordinator at Tennessee. uh, Peyton's offensive coordinator at Tennessee and Eli's at Ole Miss. Um, And they think that that may give them an extra bump when it comes to recruiting Peyton and Eli's nephew, Arch Manning, the number one overall recruit in next year's class.
1: Uh, Ut come up with all this money for, for all these. Uh, <laughs> no, they keep f- hiring
12: ex head coaches at, at at power five from power five schools, but
1: uh, they've never had trouble with the money. The winning seems to be a little bit of an issue. But be, I, I was joking on Twitter. Be a little careful when you're a head coach. Now I know Saban can do it because Saban, Saban, Saban's the uh, one of the greatest coaches of all time, arguably the greatest college coach of all time. I don't even know if it's an argument anymore. But if you're Sark and you're coming off a of five and seven, should you surround yourself with Gary Patterson and David Cutcliffe now Cutcliffe 67 kind of probably has eased on out of being a head coach. Gary has not. All right Gary is in his early 60s and still has a lot of wit and vigor.
12: You sure he doesn't want to retire and work on his music career?
1: <laughs> Take a step back. Oh, man. He debuted two of his songs uh, on this station, on our show. Aaron, this is before you join, which is probably good because you're not a Gary person. This was when Simcox was involved, and he debuted two of his songs on the Matt Mosley show. Now, the problem is apparently Sarks not letting the any of the assistants or people talk. So Gary has still not done an interview. I, I know he wanted to, but I feel like we... You know, I was really trying hard, Aaron, to get him in that interim before he was officially hired. But then he said he had to wait on Sark, and now Sark doesn't allow him to do the interviews. Oh, my
12: goodness. I was really looking forward to that.
1: Stop it. I was,
10: actually. Of course, you would have told him how I felt, (laughs) you know, and then
1: (laughs) he would have. No, I would not have done that to you. I'm I'm sometimes an overcorrector, but I would never – make you look bad uh, in front of somebody. All right, Aaron, that is all the time we have. The other the other story we might have time for later, Aaron, is uh, that Auburn, what an embarrassment that is. Yeah, I have it. Auburn it's just
12: has, so long yeah. and detailed, you know. Yeah.
1: Well, you can make it not as detailed by just saying Auburn's trying to figure out a way to fire folks they got folks a mess on their hands. <laughs> well, they're just trying to, they just don't want to pay the guy. They, yeah. they know they want to fire him. They're right. just desperately trying to fire him Without paying him a bunch of money, because they just fired um, uh, Malzahn. Yeah, you know they ran him out, and they had to pay him a bunch of stuff. I think somebody had said that it would, they would end up paying like 38 to 40 million dollars in um, in buyout money to those two coaches, if that's what they have to do. But they're trying to fire him for cause. It's like they're they're bringing in student athletes. Did uh, did Harson was he mean to you? Oh, he was. Okay, okay. I mean they're like gathering evidence. Oh, man, I wish all coaches could just read the Berenstain Bears to their players in media. You know, be like our guy. Our guy is a nice dude. All right, Aaron, that's all we have for Campus Confidential. Uh, Next, we're going to get into, uh, I got some, we're going to kind of try to walk through what's going on with LJ Cryer. We're bringing in our medical, our team of medical experts. That's next.
5: Flinging a green and gold worldwide on the web at syntexportsfan.com.
7: I'm going out with Justin. Oh, I know why. It's not just because he has a big dually. It's not the size of the truck that matters. You have tunes that give me a headache. Justin has running boards and a hitch to pull his boat. That's just because he goes to Pickup Outfitters. Maybe you should take a lesson, Brad.
14: Will Amanda and Justin find happiness? Will Brad go to Pickup Outfitters? Tune in again to the, the Naked truck. truck. Brought to you by Pickup Outfitters, 220 Lakeview Drive in Waco.
5: Whatever it is, Northern Tool can help you build it, fix it, haul it, hoist it, blast it, trim it, tow it, weld it, and, well, you get the idea. Northern Tool and Equipment, quality tools for serious work.
10: Stock your shop this week at Northern Tool and Equipment. Stop in and save on floor jacks, shop seats, hand tools, chemicals, oils, and more. Shop in-store, online, or get it curbside. Northern Tool and Equipment quality tools for serious work. The
5: Big 12 Around. weekdays at 5.50 on ESPN Central Texas. The decisions made
13: in our courtrooms have a lasting impact on all of us here in McLennan County. That's why the conservative leaders and organizations we trust are united in their support of Judge Ryan Luna. Judge Luna is endorsed by Texas Right to Life, Citizens for Pro-Life Action, Gun Owners of America, the Sheriff's Law Enforcement Association of McLennan County, several of the most conservative members of the Texas Legislature and hundreds of grassroots conservative Republicans across the county. They, like you, know that the integrity of our courts depends on electing judges who will strictly interpret the law, hand down tough sentences, and never legislate from the bench. In the March 1st Republican primary, vote for a constitutional conservative for county court at law number three. Vote for Judge Ryan Luna. Early voting ends February 25th. To learn more, visit RyanLunaTX.com political ad paid for by the Judge Ryan Luna campaign in compliance with the voluntary limits of the Judicial Campaign Fairness Act
4: at
12: UBO business services we are brand agnostic we support many different brands but only the best products from each provider our analysts favor flexible systems that don't leave you locked into a one-brand technology solution being flexible allows your organization to stay nimble and take advantage of the latest emerging technologies. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com.
5: From the Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas.
0: Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Ascension Providence, Barnett Contracting, Baylor Line Foundation, Myatt Fuels, Texas Sports Hall of Fame, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop, the Baylor Club, and UBO Business Services. And now, here's Matt Mosley.
1: It is Matt Mosley. The Matt Mosley Show, and uh, lots to get to today. Good sweep by the Baylor women. Uh, 520, we'll get you, let you hear from uh, Nikki Collin, some of her comments from yesterday. Uh, I just ended up talking about that Baylor-Kansas game. I just can't even, uh, I mean, that had to be so disgusting for the coaches. We were going to play some of Scott. We may do it later, but I just almost could not bring myself to do it. And uh, Bears uh, lose eighty-three fifty-nine. It happens. I mean, you know, the the problem is they they won so many games for so many years now. It's like three years without with barely losing like six games in about three years. That when they do, everybody goes crazy. Same thing for the women. I mean, the whole scheme of life. You know, you know, it shouldn't be a uh, a loss to Oklahoma should not be that huge of a deal and. It, it, it's like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Well, they respond with a sweep, and uh, it was great. And I liked all the uh, the water celebration in the uh, in the locker room. I liked the way it all looked. I, and, and man, they were you, you could just tell the relief, excitement, whatever it was. Nikki Collin was uh, just she was so stoked about the thing and uh and the and the players were excited that that was don't ever let somebody tell you a regular season game doesn't mean something beating texas uh two times in 3 days following a gut-wrenching loss on a wednesday is a big deal all right it just is and uh and there's a lot going on this year there's a lot swirling and so when you do something like that it is to be uh, celebrated. And, um, and then man, what a cool thing it was earlier today to talk to uh, Jason Jennings, the, uh, the star player at Baylor. And, uh, boy, those of us who attended Baylor and then right after we graduated, we remembered Jason Jennings so fondly. Another guy who probably remembers Jason Jennings is Dr. Lance Ellis. And uh, Dr. Ellis and I go way back to our college days and then he's also part of uh, ascension providence and does a tremendous job with their sports medicine program the man uh, he's emerged from a surgery just in time to get to to get to visit with us uh dr ellis anything anything interesting today did you uh, I, I forget exactly which day is your you know you probably have two or three surgery days a week uh, did, did you uh, have you taken the scrubs off uh, before doing this interview?
15: Hey, man, man I'm uh, I am still technically in scrubs, but I'm heading home for the day. But nothing super fantastic today, just garden variety, broken bone stuff for me. All
1: right, all right. Well, uh, uh, you were good to me when I had some broken bones and broken neck and helped me walk through that, but uh. It's good to visit with you, and uh, we got a couple of injuries we want to. Uh, I want to talk about put your uh, put your surgeon cap on, and then I want you to put your basketball cap on later. We'll talk about what's going on with this Baylor program, but L. J. Crier, because I see you tweeting out there. Um, I, I love, I, you know, I like some of these tweets. You're good, you know, you got uh, you got some opinions that you get out there on Twitter, and uh, and I, I always like to see what you're up to, but this L. J. Crier situation is uh is is kind of interesting he he was one of the best shooters in the big 12. he started off he was a little slow out of the gates this year in early september has foot surgery okay um i was kind of digging earlier to try to see okay which uh uh you know which uh metatarpal or whichever you'll correct me as i get these things wrong uh metacarpals one thing metatarpals another but I was I was looking to see exactly which bone but when you're that far post surgery Lance and again uh, Dr. Ellis has not uh, done surgery on LJ. He just watches these things and he's our medical expert. But how common is it to be, you know, October, November, December, January, now into February and maybe still experiencing some pain. I, I I think Baylor fans are are wanting to know how worried should we be about this?
15: Yeah, Matt, it's a great question. You know, again, like you said, I'm not I'm not LJ's doctor. I've not examined him. I haven't seen X-rays. So most of this is just kind of generic conversation about about that about a foot. But it these are the funny part is these are tiny little bones in your feet. You know, but yeah, they can be just a giant pain. Uh, in the foot would depend on the kind of injury you know and it can be a devastating career type injury depending on what's fracture or it could be something that kind of is more nagging at times and it depends uh you know the most common one we probably deal with that the fifth is the metatarsal um metacarpals are in your hand the metatarsal there's one to each toe and that fifth one goes out to your pinky toe so it's on that outside of your foot and there's it is a for a not massive bone like a thigh bone but it it can be just such a beat down for the person and for the surgeon i mean get to it, it's not hard it's right there but uh, you know there's just an area in that bone that does not have a great blood supply and that makes it the right a spot that it usually gets hurt and when it does trying to get that sucker to come back together is hard and you can line it up perfectly you can you know, put the jigsaw puzzle pieces back together put some stainless steel screw in there to hold it and still despite your best effort sometimes it just doesn't want to heal and it could be a nagging kind of problem so i you know there's a much more significant metatarsal injuries that can happen on the inside of the foot that second and third where there's kind of this roman arch of the foot but i i, I had no indication that that's the, the extent of the surgery that he had and so my mm-hmm. and either way it'd be difficult if you're still having residual symptoms because man every time you go to take a step that arch of your foot is going to be this this absolutely important fulcrum on which you're, all of your body weight
9: goes yeah. down. You
1: know, it hits on. So it's a it's a that's a difficult thing if it's not giving you
15: you know a green light every time you take a
1: step. The Roman crown of the foot, man. I like it when you start talking about those things. All right, um, talking to Doctor Lance Ellis, Ascension Providence. Man, they do such a great job out there. Uh, what Scott Drew has said. Is and, of course, he's not a doctor, but he is the head coach, so he's allowed to comment on this. Um, it's based on pain tolerance. If if they can handle the pain uh, and they're able to perform at a level that can help the team, then we can put them out there. And, of course, they're talking about, at that point, they were talking about uh, Flagler and Cryer. Now, uh, F- Flagler was able to get back out there. Um, there's no restriction. So what it seems like is... Like, from a doctor's standpoint, uh, Dr. Ellis, it's like, uh, yeah, nobody's holding them back. It's just literally a pain tolerance. Now, the hard part, when you're a coach, I've seen this happen in the NFL a lot. When you say those words, it immediately goes back on the player, right? Because it's kind of like, right, well, right. nothing's wrong. They just, you know, they, I guess they can't handle the pain. And and you know L.J. is a tough kid. I mean, it has nothing to do with his willingness. So, I would say... Uh, that's a tough thing isn't it for the medical community and in head coaches I would think to say something like that publicly hey it's just a pain tolerance issue because then of course yeah. everybody's like well come on play through it
15: yeah man it really does I mean it, it'll sound like you're coming back on the patient and saying oh it just if he, if he was tough and it, it speaks to the like you questioning the toughness of the player and I don't I don't have any indication that anyone on this team's really like that yeah so it you know, you can have, it is frustrating. You got whatever the scenario, in your neck, same thing. You could be following up with your doctor and taking pictures of your neck on the x rays say, everything looks great. And you'd be like, yeah, but this thing still hurts. And, it, you know, depending on the degree of that, you know, it, it, it can be frustrating. To like, look at the x-rays and saying, yeah, everything looks fine. You know, sometimes you look at x-rays and say, well, no, I can still see something. Fracture's not healing right. Or there's an area where the bone's having a reaction where you can see there's something going on. And, you know, and quite frankly, this ties into, I think we're probably going to want to talk about a kin gel, but it's the same, these things like you can have an x-ray, even the MRI of your, of your, of your pelvis and say, yeah, I man, it looks like you bruised your tailbone. And it, it, and at least that's what it sounds like they said on the, mm-hmm. when they're on the coverage of the games, but you're like, yeah, I mean, there's not some major thing that needs to go in there and dig around and correct surgically, but man, it, I, man, I bet that hurts. And it, you know, I'm sure LJ Cry can knock down 80% of the three pointers when he's standing there unguarded and shoot around, but now you got to go cut in a game and defend somebody. You might not, you just literally might not be able to do that because, it, man, it, it, every step could hurt, you know, just like unbelievably depending on what he's got going on in there.
1: I felt like when we were in college, the Sigma Chi's could hit like 80% if they weren't guarded. I, I, I almost feel like when we wonder, you know, we to give Steph Curry the, uh, he sort of gets credit for the long-range three in the NBA. You know, sort of developing that sort of range. When I think of those kind of long-range jump shots, I immediately go to the Sigma Kai's. Do you think that's fair? Yeah. I mean,
15: I remember guys <laughs> like Matt Jones. Matt Jones, is a great, you know, great basketball player out of Chicago. But uh, you know, I don't think I ever saw any of them hit eighty percent anything. So
1: no, but they seem to. No, they, But I mean, we. There were some really low periods of Baylor uh, basketball as we were finishing up where those guys should have been on the team. And if you'll remember Uh, the guy from KOT, Kappa Omega Taw, uh, the Rags, uh, Scott Sexton did make the team. In his fifth year, he ends up, and he he was like the best three-point shooter on the team. That probably was Harry Miller, uh, Coach Harry Miller. uh, Coach lives out there in Salado. Hello, Coach, if you're out there listening to us. It wasn't Coach's fault. He inherited a mess. And, uh, and some of those guys ended up uh, getting to play. Now, let me ask you about this team a little bit. Because uh, you are a former, uh, you and I used to play a lot of basketball. And you played a high level of high school basketball, as I recall, and even intramurals. You were pretty good. I can't speak to your range. You were you were lanky, but had some really good post moves. I'm, I'm trying to remember if you could shoot the three or not. But you were kind of the Matt Meyer of Baylor intramurals. Um, when you see a team like that, what happened the other day against Kansas, do, do you think – can you just go, hey, just a horrible day and wipe it away? Or when you see something like that, do you – are you kind of like, hey, this might be part of a wider type problem?
15: Well, you know, Matt, I've been trying to convince myself that we had a bye week this past weekend and that we were taking <laughs> it off to recoup to get ready for a Big 12 play. But, I, you know – I think that's what separates the great ones. As I recall, I'm pretty sure my range was unlimited, but again, the the recollection over the years does get a little fuzzy. But I think that the great players, man, they could just close these out, and, it, and they won't it won't be there. You know, I mean, I fully expect Adam Flagler to turn into just an unbelievable three point shooter this Wednesday, or you know, and I'm I keep waiting for Matt Meyer to turn back into what we all want him to be this season. So, you know. I, I think that's the only way you move on from it. I mean, look, we only dropped – we're still in the top ten in the poll, so clearly we're getting a lot of – we're getting a lot of kind of credit for our talent and I think probably a lot of credit for the fact that we had a bunch of injuries because we did not look like a top ten team in the country on Saturday. I think we we're all surprised by that game, even including ourselves, our team, our coaches.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a um... – I think that's a good assessment. We I wish we had tape of some of our unlimited range. Uh I think the FIGAMS held their own against the SIG Eps back in the day, but I don't know if we have anything to, to back that up except our own memories. Uh always fun. Uh uh Doctor Ellis, I I have to call you that when you're on the air. Um to to have you it. on. Uh yeah, I know, I know. You kinda like that when I'm forced to do this. <laughs> Ascension Providence though, uh, incredible uh sports medicine group. I mean y'all do some Really cool things. In fact, I had one doctor on. To, uh, I'm trying to remember if it was concussions. There was some something on that we uh-huh. had a, like a great discussion on. But uh, uh, you all have a really uh, deep bench in and in a, in a great roster there at Ascension Providence. Is that uh, is that an accurate statement?
15: Yeah, absolutely, uh, Matt. Uh, thanks for you know mentioning it. I think. I'm honored to have, you know, been asked to come join the group. Uh, the group that I joined has been here in the Waco area for a long time. They have a great reputation. There's quite a varied uh, group of subspecialists within the group. And so I think you were talking to Dr. Rowe, uh, the pediatric guy who, you know, talked a little bit about some of the, the things that go along with concussion protocols. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we have a, you know, Surgeons that focus on sports medicine, several the focus on uh, joint replacements and that kind of thing. And then surgeons like myself handle more of the acute significant injuries uh, or the people They've been doing that here in Waco for a long time. So luckily I get to catch you at basketball games, football games, when I'm not on call most of the time.
9: But, yeah, but yeah. It,
15: um, it's, uh, yeah, very fortunate to be part of a, a good organization seems to be really committed to helping people get better and, and, uh, and it's a lot of fun a group, a fun group of people to work with.
1: Yeah, I would say so. We've loved working with you guys and a tremendous group. And uh, thank you for shedding some light on what's going on uh, from an injury standpoint. And then I will continue to text you when I have, like, aches and pains and, and uh, pulled muscles. And uh, you'll be happy to know. I don't think I've told you this. I'm, I'm way back into tennis now. In fact, I'm so okay. into it that I found myself staying up really late at night. Uh, watching the Australian Open and and yeah. I got way into that uh when that was on but uh yeah and I'm sure you see some uh, tennis injuries from time to time I intend not to have one uh and uh but yeah it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun and and you you do a great job of taking uh you know taking care of some of these weekend warriors and people that uh uh just want to have a great uh, lifestyle and have a lot of fun so we appreciate what you do Dr. Ellis, and I hope you've made it safely home now. All right. Absolutely,
15: Matt. Always honored to be invited to be on your show. Look forward to seeing you next time you're in town.
1: You bet. There he goes, Dr. Lance Ellis, uh, and Ascension Providence does a really nice job there, and just uh, fortunate to have some great friends in the medical community there in the uh, there in Central Texas. And Lance is certainly at the top of that list. Okay. Uh, we got to move on here, and we're actually going to listen to a little bit of Coach Collin. Um, we talked earlier in the show about the Baylor men; it was frustrating. We'll continue to talk about it a little bit, but let's talk about something exciting and fun that happened yesterday, and that's a Longhorn sweep. Next, we have Longhorn tears.
6: This is the Baylor Sports Beat, a daily look inside Baylor athletics. Now, here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi,
11: everybody. It's coverage check of Baylor Athletics on the Monday Baylor Sports Beat. Coming up, we'll wrap up a full weekend in Baylor Athletics, including Baylor women's basketball with back to back wins over the Lady Longhorns. Details straight ahead on today's Baylor Sports Beat.
3: Parenting is full of surprises,
2: you never know what to expect.
6: Join us for the Baylor Coaches Show this Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Live from Rudy's on the Circle in Waco with the voice of the Bears, John Morris.
11: Join us this Thursday live from Rudy's and hear from men's tennis coach Michael Woodson and acrobatics and tumbling head coach Felicia Moulton.
6: It's the Baylor Coaches Show this Thursday live from Rudy's and right here on your home for Baylor athletics, ESPN Central Texas. Now back to today's Baylor Sports Beat. Here again is the voice, John Morris.
11: And welcome back. It was a busy weekend in Baylor Athletics, including Baylor women's basketball continuing their stretch of 4 games in 8 days against four ranked opponents. It continued with a 75-63 win over Texas Friday evening in the Farrell Center. Then, playing the Lady Longhorns back-to-back, Baylor won in Austin on Sunday, 63-55 the final. Baylor was down 28-16 at halftime, but exploded for 45 second-half points for the victory. Head coach Nikki Collin asked, what was the difference in the second half?
0: Being tougher and not turning the basketball over, it was, it was that simple. They out toughed us in the first half. We had one assist and 11 turnovers. In the second half, we had seven assists and three turnovers. So, you know, it was taking care of the basketball, being poised. Um, you know, I was proud of us that we never turned it over against the press all night. Um, but we were just like silly, silly mistakes in um, turnovers in the first half. So it was being tough. Um, it was flattening our ball screens out a little bit. And then I think we did a pretty good job of getting it to one in the second half.
11: Nikki Collin and the Baylor women now 17-5 on the season. They are 7-3 in Big 12 conference play, hosting Kansas State Wednesday at 7 in the Farrell Center. Men's basketball dropped an 83-59 decision to Kansas on Saturday in Lawrence. The Baylor men head to Manhattan to play K-State this Wednesday evening at 7. Also from the weekend, acrobatics and tumbling opens its schedule. With a dominating win over UMHB, Baylor Equestrian drops a tough 11-8 decision to top-ranked Oklahoma State in Stillwater. And men's tennis, with a doubleheader sweep on Sunday over Idaho State and Incarnate Word, they'll host Texas in a non-conference match this evening at 6. And that's today's Baylor Beat. More tomorrow, I'm John Morris.
5: Tom Ward and Garrett, weekdays 7 and 9 on ESPN Central
4: Texas. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LePoint. We've got a warm stretch of weather heading our way. Starting with mostly clear skies tonight and lows dropping to 30 degrees. Mostly sunny. Warmer tomorrow, 67. And then a weak front moves through on Thursday. No rain. Hardly any clouds either. It'll be mostly sunny and 66. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather.
6: Join us for the Baylor Coaches Show this Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Live from Rudy's on the Circle in Waco with the voice of the Bears, John Morris.
11: Join us this Thursday live from Rudy's and hear from men's tennis coach Michael Woodson and acrobatics and tumbling head coach Felicia Mulkey. It's
6: the Baylor Coaches Show this Thursday live from Rudy's and right here on your home for Baylor athletics, ESPN Central Texas.
7: ProStar Rental is the number one choice for all your equipment rental needs. No matter the project, we've got you covered. Plus, our friendly local staff is always available to answer your questions. We have a large selection of quality equipment available to rent for any project, big or small. And we have eight locations across Texas to serve you. Visit us online at ProStarRental.com for more information. ProStar Rental, we make work easier.
10: Howmet Aerospace in Waco has been employing people in the Waco area for nearly 50 years. Now is the time to join their team. With current openings in packaging, shipping, production, engineering, machining, quality, supply chain, and sales. Offering excellent starting pay, benefits from the day you start, and advanced opportunities. Apply now at howmetcom slash Careers. Howmet Aerospace on Imperial Drive in Waco. Apply today.
5: ESPN Central Texas is your flagship station for Baylor Athletics.
8: Ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas's premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfy clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com.
0: Tickets and sponsorships are now available for the 2022 Texas Sports Hall of Fame Induction Banquet presented by Texas Farm Bureau Insurance. The class of 2022 includes Bob Beeman, Chris Bosch, Robert Griffin III, Tony Parker, Carly Patterson, Mike Renfro, Susie Snyder-Effers, and Stacey Sakura Meet this year's inductee class on Saturday, March 12th in the base at ExtraCo Event Center in Waco. To purchase tickets, please visit tshof.org or call 254-756-1633.
5: ESPN
10: Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward watch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Hurley Benefit Services. The Dolphins have agreed to a deal with San Francisco 49ers offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel to make him the next head coach. That means Kellen Moore is likely to stay in Dallas. New Orleans Saints running back Alvin Kamara was arrested on a battery charge on Sunday in Las Vegas after being accused of injuring someone at a nightclub on the eve of the Pro Bowl, according to Las Vegas police. Temple Jr. linebacker Torian York has committed to Baylor. Beta women get the sweep over Texas, beating the Horns 63-55 in Austin yesterday. The Bears will have three games in a row at the Ferrell Center starting Wednesday night with Kansas State. UMHB men's and women's basketball both get a win over UT Dallas yesterday and have a quick turnaround with both back in action today at Laterno University. Women tip at four, followed by the crew at six. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas.
1: Joe, of Central Texas, Aaron Sexton, alongside as we uh, continue on a Monday, but a busy Monday. Had uh, I'll get Super Bowl week going. Had a Pro Bowl. I don't blame anybody who chose not to watch the Pro Bowl. I uh, I pretty much always make that same decision. Uh, the the uh, I did see a little bit of some highlights from it on on Twitter, and uh, there was some. Oh some fun stuff where the Travon Diggs and his brother Stephon Diggs were uh were go- were covering each other and things like that um, there was also one player who apparently uh is now well he's I guess he's going to get arrested it looks like um talking about uh, uh Alvin uh Kamara and uh, that that's a uh that's kind of a rough situation and uh, Alvin's uh uh great player for the New Orleans Saints, and it looks like, uh, well, this is different than what happened to, obviously, it's not uh, domestic violence. Uh, A lot of times, unfortunately, uh, the NFL and others don't act unless they have, like, video of something. We've seen that with some domestic violence. This was uh, a situation of what appears to be now that film's getting out from 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 this of, this that happened in Las Vegas. I guess they're playing the Pro Bowl. I mean, I'm so far removed from wanting to watch this, Aaron. I had to be, you know, when I was, I was trying to figure out why Kamara was in Vegas, and I was like, oh, okay, that's where the Pro Bowl was. And they're leaving some club. Now, if you'll look at some of these stories, Aaron, the, uh, the, it's always kind of interesting to look at, like, the time people are leaving a club. I believe it was like 6.30 in the morning, and the place was called like an after-hours club. I would say that going to some kind of after-hours club, uh, I don't want to sound like my parents or somebody else's parents, but, yeah, probably not a great idea. Probably like when, when the actual closing hours, uh, because first of all, at most of those casinos, of course, there's stuff going on. All night in the casino, but this was some kind of after-hours club. And who knows what was happening at the club, but um, someone approached him, uh, and and according to the video, the person simply was trying to uh, get on an elevator, and he was beaten up to a a significant point. Now, Aaron, have uh, have you monitored any of the video of this, or have you decided not to?
12: I haven't seen it yet. No, okay,
1: all right, um, and uh, so anyway, this is uh, yeah. I, I, this might be one. Aaron usually on Twitter or whatever, you almost can't avoid it, and you're like, I gotta watch this. I I may just hold off. This was uh, th- this is uh, this sounds like a but this you know there's stuff going on. You never can. You just get together, have a Pro Bowl, think you can. Everybody have a nice time. Somebody lets it get out of hand. And uh, and now he's in trouble. People are investigating. The other big news today, NFL wise, was that the Houston Texans. I know we have some Texans fans. There was some thought that they they keep wanting to hire Josh McCown. People are like what? What? Well, yeah, Josh McCown played in the NFL for a long time. He's been like a volunteer type assistant, like high school coach. He's never been on an NFL staff. And the Texans keep wanting to hire him to be their head coach. Well, of course, all these people who have way more experience and are way more qualified are like, what? And then on top of this, there's the whole thing with a lawsuit being filed and the NFL being um, uh, accused of racism by by, uh, Coach Flores, Brian Flores, who was with the Dolphins. Well, today it appears that the Texans are moving in, and they're going to hire. The good news is, it is, uh, it is someone who's African-American. Uh, it is Lovey Smith. I, I, the only thing is, like, nobody in the world saw this hire uh, happening. I mean, I think there's a, some unbelievable. Uh, Eric Bienemy comes to mind, certainly. Flores, who was just fired by Miami for whatever reason, has won a ton of games, but now he's suing the NFL. So, you know, maybe NFL doesn't want people hiring him. I think the guy's a flat-out good coach. But they hired a guy who recently got fired at Illinois because he couldn't win there. He he went to the Super Bowl with the Chicago Bears in 2006. They got beat by the Colts. He was also the uh, the head coach at one point, I think, with Tampa Bay. But he he, he hasn't won anywhere in forever. And so I think people are kind of like, well, okay, good on you for, but they hired a, a uh, minority uh, a head coach in David Coley, and then they fired him after one year, and now they bring in Lovey Smith, who's been serving in some kind of advisory-type capacity uh, on the staff. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just strange. Like, I, um, I, I, I would say that, of all the people who are surprised that Lovey Smith is the head coach at, of the Houston Texans or is about to be, uh, Lovey Smith might be at the top of the list. I mean, I don't think Lovey. I mean, think about this. We were we were hearing all sorts of names for the Texans' job, and then all of a sudden, it's like, well, Lovey Smith. Okay, they're closing in, and that's who they're going to hire. Now, if you're from Texas, which most of us are, um, Lovey Smith is a. He's either from. Big Sandy or somewhere like that. Okay, Lovey Smith is is sort of a famous, is it is is um, is it big? I think it is maybe Big Sandy. He's from a a, a small community in Texas, so people love Lovey Smith for good reason. I mean, he's a he's a great guy, and and I think he's a great man. It's just a weird, it is a weird weird thing to have happen for the Houston Texans to end up with with Lovey Smith as uh, as as their uh, as their head coach, you can weigh in on this. By the way, two five four six six two sixteen sixty. Aaron Sexton, did you see this one coming? Um, you fire David Coley after one year and replace him with Lovey Smith. This is that was, one who was
12: <laughs> on the staff with him. Correct.
10: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. No, yeah. I mean,
12: but and nothing that the Texans organization does surprises me anymore. It there's some really terribly run organizations in the NFL, and they are right there near the top of the list, if not at the very top.
1: Yeah, yeah, I uh, I agree with that. Um, in Cowboys news, the uh, – um, in fact, Aaron, I, I, I know I promised everybody, let's save and, and use some of uh, Coach Collin. Uh, we might use some of that uh, uh, tomorrow because uh, – um, we're not. She's uh, not, something's come up, and she's not going to be able to be with us tomorrow. Might use some of that tomorrow. Uh, I'm liking some of this NFL that we're talking about, but let's save some of that because it was a big, it was a big win. Um, the Cowboys news is this: the uh, Kellen Moore. Now, Aaron, correct me if I'm if I've got any of this wrong. Kellen Moore. It was. Two weeks ago, it was written, Kellen Moore's coming back to the Cowboys, or two and a half weeks ago. And everything's good. I mean, he, you know, we're thinking maybe in the next coaching cycle he'll have a chance. But Kellen Moore is going to be back as the, as the Cowboys' uh, offense coordinator. Well, yesterday the story becomes, well, the Dolphins have their man. And so the Cowboys are going to get uh, Kellen Moore back. Like, wh- are, What's going on with our reporting these days? I mean, I, I don't, I don't totally get it. So, one, in on one hand, we're reporting two and a half weeks ago that it's a done deal; he's back with the Cowboys. And as of yesterday, we had to turn around and report all over again that he is back with the Cowboys, which we were already told two weeks ago. Well, you know what happened is everybody somehow decided it was it, problem with the with with the NFL. Sometimes is if one person like gets out there with a report, I don't care who it is, and they say. All right, Kellen's not taking one of these jobs. He's out. Um, well, all the other reporters will be like, well, that kind of sounds right. Let me see if somebody will confirm that. Oh, yeah, these people confirmed that they think Kellen Moore's out. So, all right, we'll confirm this report. Well, little do we know that, like, two weeks later, it looks like Kellen Moore was actually in the running for to be the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. And, I think it's uh, Aaron. Was it O'Donnell or O'Connell? <laughs> One of the uh, the the new coach of uh, the the Dolphins. I think it's is it Coach O'Connell. I just know basically if you've had anything to do with Shanahan or uh, or or Sean McVay, you're going to get a head coaching job. And um, and so this is the new coach uh, McDonnell, Maybe it is with. Um, and and so it's going to be – it'll be fascinating uh, to see. I, I, McDaniels. I
12: guess, no.
1: Yes. <laughs> Josh Mc – no, it's Josh McDaniels. Yes, but his name – his last name is McDaniels, you know, McDaniels also. McDaniel with, with no S. Is that right? Just
12: that McDaniel. may be right.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I mean – <laughs> That may be right. Okay, thank you. Uh, well, I mean it's, no, I think you're absolutely right. His name is McDaniel because we had a Josh McDaniels hired by the uh, Raiders. And then this is McDaniel hired. And and it, this is going to be this, – this will be an interesting, this whole range. And what it's ha- what's happened is, uh, Aaron, th- this has – this uh, coach, it used to be, okay, let's go hire, let's go find the best coach and everything. And then this lawsuit comes out. You've already had the commissioner have to change his tune. On one hand, one day he's saying – there 's nothing to this. these are all false allegations. by the end of the week he's changing this and and uh and saying well we 're going to have to look into this. Our hiring practices and, and, and from a race from a racial standpoint is not right so he 's already changed his tune and then on top of it, now when somebody gets hired there's some big discussion on apparently McDaniel is according to him, which by the way, you should get to say what you are um, is uh, is biracial, excuse me, multiracial. Multiracial is what he calls himself. But what we've gotten away from is, for the for the longest time, it's like, okay, well, this guy's it's a good hire, or okay, man, go go hire this guy. This guy's a great hire. Okay, go hire in college football. Coach Aranda was great at LSU. Okay, Baylor goes and hires him. And, and here we are now, and part of this is because of the way the NFL has been in it's hiring for so long. But I, I, I saw a reporter last night, and it's a guy, it's a friend of mine, and, and he's literally asking on Twitter, hey, what's the difference in biracial and multiracial? And this is a guy that should know the definition of that. Obviously, bi means two, multi means two or more, right? That's what multiracial would mean. But uh, that's where we are now, uh, is, uh, and, and maybe maybe that's what needs to happen. Maybe the NFL needed to get called out because it is always odd to have 70% of the league be African-American and basically have one uh, African-American head coach. With the firing of Flores, Mike Tomlin became the only, the only black head coach in the NFL. So it is uh it's 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 been wild but uh I mean I think you know what I'm saying Aaron it's we're to the point now in the NFL where you you and, and, and again maybe this is r- the right thing it's not about like like the, the Texans wanted to hire a white guy with no experience they made it very clear because they keep interviewing this this um, now I want to call everybody McDaniel Josh McCown Okay, Josh McCown was around the NFL for, what, 13, 14 years as a backup. I the McCown brothers come out of Jacksonville, Texas, or, or one of those little, uh, I think, East Texas communities. And he's, he's been the coach at Rusk. Now, nobody loves high school football more than this station. And the people here, Tom and everybody, Lark, the whole, all of us. Aaron does a high school. So it's nothing against high school. It's just simply you don't see, no matter if somebody played in the NFL or not, there's a way to go about this. You, you coach in the NFL at some point, or you have an incredible um, career coaching in college before you get offered an NFL head coaching job. And the Texans were out there desperately wanting to hire Josh McCown. And because of the climate right now and what's going on, they couldn't do it, like they just couldn't. Like they and and uh, and I and you see why they can't do it. But I, even the fact that they wanted to do it is embarrassing. Oh, it's just. Uh, and by the way, think how many Aaron, how many unbelievable. Think about all these state championship caliber winning coaches around here, around Central Texas right now. Think about all those guys. Well, this guy, again, he played in the NFL, but he hadn't even done what any of those coaches have done. He'd never co- been like any kind of a coach um, that wasn't like a volunteer kind of side job, and they were trying to give him a head coaching job uh, in the NFL. It, it is, uh, uh, I, I you know, it's it sounds like uh, uh, a little bit of privilege perhaps uh, uh, mixed in there. All right. I, got, I just decided, Aaron, I wanted to talk some NFL there. And uh, tomorrow we'll let you hear a little bit of what Nikki Collin had to say. But next, it is time for something we call the dismount. A couple of items and a couple of breaking news things we need to share with you here at the end of the show
5: recently on the John Moore Show.
1: Grant Frishilla, our guest,
11: ESPN color analyst, best in the country at uh, doing that for college basketball, and we appreciate every opportunity he has to come through Waco. It's all cyclical.
10: Everything in college basketball, the power conference level, is cyclical, except that over the last eight or nine years, it's been clear that the Big 12, analytically, is either
5: one or two. John Moore's weekdays at 3 p.m. on ESPN Central
11: Texas.
10: with your house's lid.
5: Listen to ESPN Central Texas online at CentexSportsFan.com.
0: Coaches Smoke at 3.30. Austin Avenue in downtown Waco is proud to serve the community and the local colleges. Come on out to Coaches Smoke for $3 off nachos on Mondays, two fifty dollars single tacos on Tuesdays, discounted bone-in and boneless wings on Wednesdays, $2 domestics on Thursday, Thursday, and $5 burgers and barbecue sandwiches on Fridays. Happy hour is 2 to 7 Monday through Friday, so stop by and catch the big game on one of their 35 big-screen TVs. And don't forget about Coach's Smoke catering for your next event. That's Coach's Smoke at 330 Austin Avenue in downtown Waco.
14: The thing about having a naked truck is that you get exposed for the equipment you don't have. Take, for example, your rear end. If you don't have anything back there, you're exposed about what you don't have, and that's a life. However, if you cover that rear end with a hitch, you're telling the world, hey, I got a little junk in my uh, bed, and I'm ready to pull something. A camper, RV, boat, trailer, jet skis, heck, even a bike rack. A hitch says, I have a life beyond driving my truck to and from work. And Pickup Outfitters is the place to get a hitch for your truck SUV, van, even some cars. We sell and install just about any kind of hitch you need. Receiver hitches from light to heavyweight to pull just about anything. And gooseneck hitches and fifth wheels when you're ready to pull the heavy stuff. And don't forget trailer and brake controller wiring. It's so important to have wiring professionally and correctly installed by the pros at Pickup Outfitters. So it's time to cover that gaping hole in the rear end of your truck with a hitch
5: installed by Pickup Outfitters. Check us out online at createacommotion.com. Stay close. The dismount with Matt Mosley is coming up. ESPN Radio Sports Center.
10: I'm Ward White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update, brought to you by Hurley Benefit Services. The Dolphins have agreed to a deal with San Francisco 49ers offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel to make him the next head coach. That means Kellen Moore is likely to stay in Dallas. New Orleans Saints running back Alvin Kamara was arrested on a battery charge on Sunday in Las Vegas after being accused of injuring someone at a nightclub on the eve of the Pro Bowl, according to Las Vegas Police. Temple Junior linebacker Torian York has committed to Baylor. Baylor women get the sweep over Texas, beating the Horns 63-55 in Austin yesterday. The Bears will have three games in a row at the Ferrell Center starting Wednesday night with Kansas State. UMHB men's and women's basketball both get a win over UT Dallas yesterday and have a quick turnaround with both back in action today at Laterno University. Women tip at four, followed by the crew at six. Sports Center, every
5: 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. It's time now for the dismount on the Matt Mosley Show.
1: All right, it is uh, the dismount, and uh, we were talking about some NFL there, and uh, while we were in that last segment, or uh, right around there sometime, uh, there was some NFL breaking news. Uh, Adam Schefter reporting that the, the New Orleans Saints have informed uh, defense coordinator Dennis Allen that uh, he will be hired as the next head coach and um, he replaces uh, Sean Payton and of course this was he had the interim title and now he'll have another shot now Dennis Allen is from the Metroplex uh, went to LD Bell and um, Really good guy. Um, was the head coach of the Raiders. You know that's a tough place to get your first head coaching job because with the Raiders, at some point in there, they had Tom Cable. They they run through coaches. You got Al Davis's son Mark running that thing. Now can you? We, the other story we were talking about of uh, Alvin uh, Kamara um, getting in trouble and. Getting in some kind of fight didn't sound like a fight; just sound like he beat the heck out of some guy, uh, and is going to be in trouble for it, and has been now questioned by the authorities. And it really, from everything we've seen so far, it really does not seem like Alvin's story holds up. But Aaron, can you think that's kind of fun for Dennis Allen to? Uh, hey, Coach, uh, congratulations! You're the head coach of uh, of our team. Oh, by the way, your star. <laughs> your star running back uh, just got arrested and we need you to go ahead and handle this. I mean, that is that is getting thrown into the fire a little bit. But I would say, Dennis, I would, the, the thing to me that is the only thing strange about this hire, I like Dennis Allen. But when you go from 2006 all the way through 2021 season with a offensive genius type play caller I know sometimes he would let other people call plays but a offensive minded guy that's a really interesting you over time that becomes your culture and um, that's a hard thing to do to suddenly uh, to, to suddenly go with a defensive head coach now I'm trying to think right now the best Let's think about even who was in the final four. Um, Now, divisional round-wise, Sean McDermott with the Bills is a defensive head coach. He's obviously got a great quarterback. He just lost his offensive coordinator, who became the Giants head coach. Um, Rams, offensive head coach. Cincinnati, offensive head coach. Trying to think of who all was... uh, uh, I mean, it's just kind of interesting to think ac- across the league. Cowboys have a offensive head coach in Mike McCarthy, but it really seems with Jerry Jones' recent comments at the Senior Bowl that he he came very close to being ready to make Dan Quinn his head coach. For now, he will keep uh, Dan Quinn as his defensive coordinator, but he made the the statements like uh, we we know that Mike McCarthy will not always be the head coach of the Cowboys. Well, we all know in theory or in practice, you know that's that's the case. He will not for the next 30 years be the head coach of the Cowboys. He will likely be fired at some point. You just don't normally hear owners, NFL owners, at the Senior Bowl just come out and say that. Well, we know that, um, they, you know. At some point, Mike McCarthy won't be the head coach of the Cowboys. Why do you feel the need to even say something like that? Um, And he's basically admitted that he left him out there dangling because he knew that Dan Quinn was in play and he didn't want to really do anything. I would say that the biggest biggest sort of lame duck head coach going into next season, if it's not Lovey Smith because of the Texans, It's Mike McCarthy because of this situation with the Cowboys. All right, good stuff. Enjoyed the conversation. Thanks to Jason Jennings, Baylor legend. Thanks to Dr. Lance Ellis. Everybody have a great evening. See you tomorrow at 4 o'clock.
5: This is the Spectrum Big 12 Shootaround, a daily look inside Big 12 Conference Basketball. Now here's the voice of the Bears.
11: Everybody, it's time for a check of Big 12 basketball on today's Spectrum Big 12 shoot-around. Coming up, we'll look at the new poll out this week and how the Big 12 ranks. It does rank with three of the top ten teams in the nation. Plus, Big Monday tonight in Austin. It's all straight ahead on today's Spectrum Big 12 shoot Hey, folks, John Morris for the Bruner Auto family. If you're thinking about a Chevrolet, Chrysler, Buick, Dodge, GMC, Jeep, Cadillac, Toyota, or quality pre-owned vehicle, visit Brunerado.com. Bruner serves all of Texas with delivery to your location. Now, Baylor fans get the Bruner Advantage at no additional cost with every new vehicle purchase, a lifetime powertrain certificate, and much, much more. Only at Bruner Auto Family at Brunerado.com. your family since 1928.
5: Where would the bears wear? Get your Baylor gear today at the Baylor Bookstore on campus or online at BaylorShop.com. Now back to today's Spectrum Big 12 shootaround exclusively on ESPN Central Texas. Here again is the Voice of the Bears.
11: And welcome back, the new college basketball poll is out for the week in the Associated Press version Kansas moves up 2 spots to number 8. Texas Tech up five spots to number nine, and Baylor drops only two to number 10 in the nation following their loss at Kansas on Saturday. Texas checks in at number 20 in the nation, up from 23rd a week ago. Those are the four teams from the Big 12 Conference in the AP Top 25 Poll this week. Two of those match up against each other tonight in Austin as now eighth-ranked Kansas takes on number 20, Texas. Remember, the Longhorns swept the season series over KU a year ago, even winning an Allen Fieldhouse. Here is Kansas head coach Bill Self following the win over KU, visiting with Greg Gurley
15: we pointed to this week after the Kentucky game at Iowa State you passed that test today against Baylor passed that test now 48 hours from now we head down to Texas for our first shot at the Longhorns yeah it's
11: it's, it's you know it's not going to get easier next week i think we got Oklahoma and and Okie state next week but but the bottom line is we we, we circled this stretch as being a key stretch and we, We've got two of the three and have a chance to get a third, but we'll have to be as good as we were today to have a chance to get a third. And I don't even think that would guarantee success. Texas can really guard,
9: uh, uh, and they've got terrific, experienced players. So we're going to have to be – and they got a guy on their staff that knows all our stuff. So we're going to have to be uh,
11: uh, really focused, and uh, I think we will be, though. Courtesy of the Jayhawk Sports Network from Learfield, Bill Self following the Kansas win over Baylor on Saturday. Now playing Texas tonight in Austin. That assistant coach he mentioned is Jarens Howard, first-year assistant on Chris Beard's staff. He's been on Bill Self's staff at Kansas the last eight years. KU at Texas tonight, 8 p.m. tip on ESPN's Big Monday. And that's today's Spectrum Big 12 shoot-around. More tomorrow, I'm John Morris.